It's God's love for us. And our love for him. And it's a pretty little picture, and I'm sure Pastor Brian worked hard on making it, making it look nice. But that's a powerful picture right there. That's not just pretty. That's power. That is what power looks like. That is what provision looks like. That is what our life should look like. Because when we get to that, when we get to that being the foundation of our life, the foundation of our day, everything else falls in line with that. That's the power in this message. So I encourage you, if you have not heard the last couple that Brian has done, even if you have, go back to it and re-listen to it. Because it's so powerful. It's so important. And it is so fought against. I guarantee you tonight, you will be fought against to sit here and listen. I was fought against to even get here. I started feeling like crud about 3 or 3.30. Crud. Like to the point that I'm going, oh, Lord, am I going to have to call on somebody in the ELT to stand up and replace me? I'm like, oh, 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 no. I'll sit here with a puke bucket by my side, but we're getting this message out. And the moment I made up that, in my mind, it was gone. Purpose yourself to listen to these messages because this is where your strength is. Not because Pastor Brian preached it, not because I preach it, because God has put this word out to get you to sit on his lap and realize He just wants to hold you. He just wants to love you. Even if you never do number two, even if you never decide to love him back, he just wants to hold you and love you. That is his heart's desire from the beginning of time. That is all he has wanted. He knew everything that was going to go on in this world. He knew all of the junk that we would put him through, and it was worth it. Just to hold them. Just to see them running around and playing. Just to see the joy. Just to have a sit on his lap. It was all worth it to him. Because that's his love for us. That's why he made us righteous. Because he was not going to let anything come in between His love for his kids. He said, I know they've done wrong. I know they didn't do everything right. I know they've broken one law, so I know they've broken all the laws. But I'm going to make a way. That's why we have his righteousness. Because it does. It makes a way in every situation. You know, I was re-listening to Pastor Brian's um, message from last week, and there was one heart that just really jumped out at me and I got it last week but it's like you know you this is this is why it's so important to go back and I don't care if you were here you should go back and listen to the messages every week if you've if we've got time to listen to crap on the radio and crap on tv we can listen to food that feeds us because I am married to the pastor I hear him when we're talking about it before he's preaching we talk about it after he's preaching and yet still when I go back and I feed on it again I'm like oh that was good you said that? And I just get more. Or I re-get a point, And I'm like, oh, that really was good. And he said something last week. He was asking us, what is righteousness? And 
somebody pointed out, it's sort of like the holier-than-thou attitude. You know, so much of the church walks around thinking they are self-righteous. That every, you know, they're just, I'm a child of God, I'm righteous. But then there's the other part that says, ooh, righteousness, oh, I don't deserve, i got to get it together. And both of them are just polar opposite wrong. We don't know what true righteousness is. And Pastor Brian was saying, if we thought I've got to live right for God to be good to me, Jesus never would have come to earth. He never would have been born down here as a man. He never would have taken the opportunity to die for us. He never would have done anything because we had to earn it. That right there just completely debunks that whole theory of you've got to be a good boy and girl. God knows you weren't perfect. That's why he gave up the one son he had. He said, I'm going to make you perfect. He said, I'm going to take all your junk and I'm going to put it on the shoulders of my son because I love you that much. But too often I was listening to that and I was like, oh, that's good, that's really good. And I was chewing on it, and I was walking around the kitchen, and I was like, you know, and I just started preaching at Abigail. I was like, that is for every area of your life. That is not just for, oh, you're going to die and go to heaven one day. Oh, yay. This righteousness is for every area of your life. When he took on everything and imputed his righteousness on you, that was his righteousness for every blessing, for healing, for provision, for deliverance, for your total salvation. If you've been here any length of time, you have heard Pastor Brian and I preach on salvation being more than just dying and going to heaven. The word is sozo. It means there was so much in that package of salvation. That means everything that you will need, will ever need, it is already yours based on his righteousness. He took everything that you did wrong and he put it on himself. Everything that he's done right, everything that you need to live right, it's already yours. All because he loved you. Not because you can nor ever will you be able to earn it or repay it. Because that's his love. That's what he's wanting to tell you when you sit on his lap. When he's rocking his baby. Baby, it's already here. You've already got it. Don't worry. Shh. He wants to wipe away your tears. I know the pain you had today. I know that frustrating thing that was going on. Just shh. Let me tell you what's yours. Let me tell you what I have here for you. I know the hurt. But shh. Let me tell you what I've got for you. Cry it out. Scream it out. But come sit on my lap and do it. And then just let me hold you. And let me tell you everything that I have for you. Because I love you. And he wants us to love him. 
But even if we don't, he's a good, good ditty. His love is perfect. It will not change. It will not waver. It will not diminish. He said, I love you. I've made it all right. I've made you right. This is who you are. And that's the power in that. The sin was imputed on Christ. He already paid the penalty. You are declared righteous. That person sitting beside you, maybe you love them. Maybe they pissed you off 10 minutes ago or two hours ago. They're righteous. The person in the mirror that today you may hate, you may love. You're righteous. That's who they are. You're not waiting to become righteous. You're not needing to wait on that spouse or that child or that coworker to be good enough to get God in them. God's there. They may not know it yet, but he's there. That's why we need it. This is why we need to understand our righteousness because how in the world are you going to tell the world that they are righteous when you don't even know who you are? I can't tell Rachel how to cook a meal if I don't know how to boil water. I do know how to boil water. But this is why the church is held back. Satan's goal is sin consciousness. If he can get you focused on everything that you're doing wrong, everything that they're doing wrong, then you've opened the door wide open to condemnation. Oh, well, you know, I think Pastor Brian used dieting. Well, I ate ice cream last night. It was very good. So, you know, I don't deserve to lose a pound this week or anything. I, I wasn't good. Rebecca yelled at the kids, she doesn't deserve love this week. She wasn't good. And I'm going to, you know, because, I mean, I, I saw her yell at the kid. Oh, I can't believe she works with kids. This is what Satan wants us to do. He wants us focused so much on the problem that we forget to say, you know what? You may have had a rough day. God loves you so much. Those kids may have driven you nuts today, but God loves them so much. I may have eaten that ice cream, and boy, was it good. But you know what? God loves me enough to give me the wisdom to know what I need to do today. Drink extra water. Work out an extra 30 minutes. Or you know what? How about this? You just rest in him, and he'll help you lose the pound whether you do anything or not. Seriously, I can speak to this one. It's a struggle sometimes for, to, to remember that righteousness is for your whole life, every aspect of your life. It's not just are you a good little churchgoer. Well, do you tithe good? Okay, well, we'll, we'll pat the bank account a little bit. You know, they, they tithe at least three weeks out of the month, you know. That's not it. Righteousness is for every area of your life. What are you struggling with today? What's that thing that's popping up in your head? For me, honest, it's weight loss. And I have just recently come to that revelation. 
because all I see is everything that I've done wrong. All I see is I've got a full schedule with three kids, a job that is like more than full time, and a ministry that is more than more than full time. So I see that I don't have time to prepare everything great. I don't necessarily have time to work out. I see all the things that I can't do, and I've forgotten to think about all the things that he can do, all the things that he has done. I mean, let's be glass house. Righteousness is every area of your life. Your marriage, your sex life, raising your kids, being a good employee, being a good child of God, being a good congregant, being a good friend, being a good house sitter, being whatever God has called you to be, you've been made righteous. You've been made right to do it the way God would have it done. Because in everything that you're doing, you're representing him. You're his sheep. You're his child. He's going to clothe you with his beautiful robe of righteousness. They're not going to see, you know, something off the J.C. Penny rack. They're not going to see jeans that may have a stain on them or something. They're going to see, oh, oh, they must be gods. They've got on that robe. I mean, when you look at, I don't know, the, who's the prince and princess that got married recently? They got kids or something. I don't know. People in England. Yeah, them. We'll go with that. Prince that. Yeah, I know her. She is dead. <laughs> but when you see them, you know they're from royalty. They're always dressed nice. Even if it's not, you know, a big shiny crown and, you know, a robe or whatever, they're dressed to the T. It's always nice stuff. It's always fancy. It's always swanky. They always walk that walk. You know, and, and they've got the wave. Have they really done anything to deserve that title? Have they really done anything to say, oh, I can put this on it. I'd like to apply to be a princess, please. Oh, yep, stamp. She's a princess. They didn't do anything. They were born into a family. Shocking news for you. Your family's bigger. Your family's better. Your family is more royal. You're a princess. You're a prince. Wave your little wave or you know, drive and give your redneck thumbs up. Whatever. But you were made righteous not because of what you've done. Pastor Brown said it's not your performance. It's your position. It's the family you're born into. And when you realize that, you're able to tell people, I've got a ditty that wants to adopt you. It's like he can't get enough kids. He's got this huge, huge mansions. He just wants to house us all. Let me tell you who you are. And that's when we can go to people and we can say, so I know you haven't decided yet if you want to be in the family, but guess what? God's already like, done everything. And, you know, Jesus has already died. So he, he saw this bill that had your name on it. And, well, he already paid the whole thing. So 
you know, you can either live trying to repay a debt that's not there, or you can just receive the freedom because you've been made right. Everything has been reconciled in your account. How would the world change? And it sounds all, you know, Annie or whatever. I'm thinking like your know, curly little red-headed girl who's all of a sudden singing and dancing in her little uh, Warbucks mansion. But it's who we are, even if you can't sing and dance. I've been made right in my singing and dancing, Pastor Brian. God just wants us to come sit on his lap, to know his love, to say, baby, (laughs) I don't know what you're worried about. There really isn't any debt anymore. I don't know what Satan's looking at. I don't know what you think you're looking at, but there's not a bill there. There's nothing there that you've got to pay. There's nothing there that you've got to earn. It's already yours. And when we know that and we know who we are, No longer do we walk through life beat down with the weight of the world. We walk with our head held high. We walk no longer slumped, but straight up looking people in the eye because I know who I am. I don't have to be ashamed of my past. I know who I am. I know who my daddy is. Let me tell you who you are because you are so much more than you ever thought because there's a God that loves you so much. And while he hungers for your love, oh, he's going to keep loving you no matter what. Whether you receive it or not, he is going to keep loving you. He is going to take your whole life and try to turn you down the roads that lead you straight to his path. He's going to put people in your path that tell you how wonderful you are, how beautiful you are, how great you are. And how much he loves you. This is why the message of righteousness is fought against. Satan doesn't want you knowing you're right. He wants you thinking that you're still wrong. He wants you thinking that you've got this mound, insurmountable debt that you can never pay off. It's so big. It's like the American debt right now. It's like unconquerable. Not to get on politics, but that was funny to me. (laughs) But there was one that's already paid all that. You are righteous now. And you've got to get it in you because there's a world that is just covered up under this imaginary crap. That they think is weighing them down and they don't know who they are. This is why you've got the world relying on the government. This is why you've got, you know, kids still living when they're 40 with mom and daddy. This is why you've got people on the streets thinking they'll never amount to anything because they don't know who they are. They're not bad people, they don't know who they are. I was telling Abigail today, um, we were flipping through some. Uh, something on TV, Netflix, I think it was, trying to find something. And she went past um, this movie, and I am not endorsing these actors. She went past this movie. It was called Goodwill Hunting, and it's got um, Jason Bourne, Matt Damon, and Ben Affleck. 
Yes, and Robin Williams. Now, I'd read this article months ago, and it was basically saying Ben Affleck and Matt Damon were just the best of friends, wanted to get in acting. Nobody would give them a break, no matter what. They just would not give them a break. Basically told them they suck, you'll never be in this business. And they decided, you know what? We're going to go produce our own. And the rest is history. It's now Jason Bourne and Batman. Um, I'd say that's a little bit better than stinking. I'd say they have more than, more than rubbed it in whoever's face it was that said you'll never be an actor. So what's the difference? You've got plenty of people on the street that took that, let it beat them down, and they never once fulfilled their call upon their lives. You've got these two, and again, I am not endorsing them, but you've got these two who said, you know what, I know who I am. I know what I'm to do. And they did it. Because they didn't let anybody talk them out of who they knew they were. This is what the church has to do. Because while they may be great actors, and they may have entertained us, you know, for hours on end with, you know, their fighting and kicking and killing and saving the, you know, Gotham or whoever. Imagine how much the church could do. If we knew that we were righteous, if we knew the power that was ours, and we didn't let anybody talk us out of it. If we didn't let Satan say, but did you see what you did yesterday? Did you see how you woke up on the wrong side of the bed before you had coffee and you cussed out that coworker? You're not a good person. Are you really a child of God? I mean, you can't even remember that scripture you're trying to think of. Or we can say, I don't care what you say to me. I don't care if I did forget the scripture. God's love is bigger than a forgotten scripture. God's love is bigger than a freak out when we're, you know, tired and cranky. God's love is bigger than anything I can ever do right or I can ever do wrong. God's love is big enough that he's already made me righteous. I will not be moved. You will not tell me who I am or who I'm not because God's already told me this. And when we know his love and we know his righteousness, then we'll walk in the power that we need to not just change Hollywood, but to change the world. That's who we are. Romans 4.25 tells us, it's an amplified, and I really like this verse, or this translation. It says, who was betrayed and put to death because of our misdeeds and was raised to secure our justification, our acquittal, making our account balance and absolving, absolving us from all guilt before God. He was raised because there was no guilt left to hold him down. He said he made our account balance. He absolved us from all guilt. What put him in that grave was our sinfulness. What rose him up was the righteousness that God put upon us. 
There was no more sin to hold him down. Do you get that? The righteousness of God that was given to us raised Christ from death, hell, and the grave because no longer was there power in sin. There was no sin. There is no sin. Doesn't mean that we don't have days where we mess up. I'm sure I've done it probably since I've been here at church. But my mess up is not strong enough to hold, to hold God in the ground. To change God's mind about who I am. It was the righteousness of God that said, you know what? There is no more sin on them. Therefore, there's nothing left to hold Jesus in the grave. And if it's not powerful enough to hold him, sure isn't powerful enough to hold his church. You were raised up with him because there is nothing left to hold you down. This is why we are seated in heavenly places now with God. Because there's nothing to hold you down. You are righteous. Pastor Tracy Harris said, a revelation of righteousness is tied to resurrection power. When we understand that there was no more sin to hold down the Son of God, and we understand that there's no power left to hold us down, what's there to hold us down? Sin can't hold us down. Sickness can't hold us down. Poverty can't hold us down. Generational curses can't hold us down. Bad decisions can't hold us down. There is nothing that can hold you down except for your mind to say, oh, somebody told me that I had a generational curse. It's been there for decades, for generations. It'll still be there for generations. Oh, the doctor said I have cancer. I've got four months to live. Or you can say, mm, but Diddy, but Diddy said this. And, ooh, and Diddy made me right. That means there's no wrong. You know what? I appreciate your diagnosis. I appreciate, you know, your information about the generational curses, but I'm in a new family. And no longer will I be held down. I've got a great physician, and while doctors here are great, my physician created me and made me new. Cancer, the sniffles, whatever, warts, I don't care what it is. The creeps. We have authority over all creeps. It doesn't matter what it is. If it doesn't line up with the blessing of God, it doesn't have a right in your body. You have authority over it. Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in what? Righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. With the heart a person believes, what physical action is there for you to do there? 
Do you have to get up and do anything? So you mean right this minute you're righteous? When you go home, you're righteous? What if you tell that guy that cuts you off that he's number one? Are you still righteous? I never do that. I actually do not do that one. <laughs> that one. I'm a good girl. It's, it's pretty simple. The world will try to tell us that we've got to clean the fish. God says, just bring them to me and sit them on my lap. All we have to do is just believe. Rachel knows she's mine. Not because she's seen a birth certificate. Not because she was there at her birth. Not because she has any memory of it. She believes. She just knows. That's mama. I'm Diddy's. I've not yet laid physical eyes upon him, but I know he's mine. And I know I'm his. And I choose to just believe what my daddy says is true. Because every time I do, he's always proven me right. He's always proven his word right. All I have to do is just believe. I mean, even a toddler can do that. You just believe. It's not anything you do. It's your position in his family. You're mine. I've made you righteous. That's it. The end. Now, we can have the closet lined with robes. And we can still go dig up under the bed our rags and choose to put them on. But that doesn't change our closet. And those robes of righteousness will be there day after day after day and God will make sure that they are freshly pressed and laundered and neat and smelling good just for you because his promises are new for you every day his love is new for you every day it is always there unwavering unchanging whether you do anything or not and we can walk through the mansion of life and one day go I stink. I've got stains all over me. I'm not sure I've taken a bath in a few days. I think I'm tired of being this. I think I want to be who I'm called to be. I think I want to take on his righteousness because it's who I'm called to be. We will never be comfortable in who we are until we choose to walk in who we're called to be. You'll never find true joy until we walk in who we're called to be. You're called to be a child of God. Because everything that you're looking for, all of that happiness that you're looking for in a spouse or kids or the perfect job or the perfect hobby or you know, freedom from responsibility, all of that's right here in Diddy. But you know, it's not a book. It's a relationship. Everything that you are looking for is in the righteousness that is yours today. That's who we're called to be. You know, this world is, they're going around looking for all these things to make them happy. 
all these false religions, false idols, be it a religion or not. But everywhere they turn, it's you've got to do this to get that. You've got to be the fastest runner to get the trophy. You've got to do right for, you know, whatever God is on the shelf. You've got to die for him and be rewarded with whatever in his heaven. But a religion that's based upon your actions versus God's righteousness will never have power. You will live a life empty. You will die empty. But God, you've got a God that's not asking you to die. He died for you. He's not asking you to give. He just wants you to receive. This is your God. The God that loves you so much that despite everything you did, said, I've made you righteous. Put on my righteousness. Put on my robe. I love you. Oh, but God, I, I did this. Yes, but I did this. That's the only did that matters is what he did. We just receive. So when we're walking around the world and, you know, Joe Blow wants to tell us about this, you know, this religion where he can have, you know, whatever in his heaven, if he lives this and if he does this or if he sacrifices this, we can say, Oh, but you can have so much more, and you don't have to do a thing. But we have to know who we are before we can tell them who they are. It's the gift of righteousness that is the power in the kingdom of God. Because when we know our righteousness, all that other stuff that can't hold us down, it can't hold anybody else down either. But we've got to be able to tell them that. So we've got to be able to walk down the road and say, Oh, I saw that you were limping. Let me tell you about that. That has no place. Oh, I saw that you were on the street scrounging for food. Let me tell you about what you really have. This is the power and righteousness. You have the power now to change not just your world, but the world. If you'll turn to Philippians 3, verses 7 through 11, it says, I once thought these things were valuable, but I now consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I became righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself just depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. So that one way or another... I will experience the resurrection from the dead. This is who we are. This is why the church will not be held down. This is why the church will succeed. It's because we know who we are. Because we know everything else 
is filthy rags. Everything else is junk to be discarded. But we just pick up the righteousness of God and we will see and experience the resurrection from the dead in our lives daily. The dead in your job, you can change your job simply by being a representative of the kingdom of God in that place. The resurrection of your marriage, the resurrection of your health, the resurrection of relationships. This is what you can see daily because you discard the junk, the false junk of this world, and you choose to put on the righteousness of God. You can see resurrection daily with him. When the church steps in that, we will resurrect this nation. We will resurrect this world because we will be walking in the power that is already ours, the righteousness that is ours. We're not needing to do anything to be readied for battle. The battle is won. You've been made right. Go tell people. Go show them who they are. Show them the freedom that's theirs. It's not our actions that determine our righteousness. It's his righteousness that should determine our actions. It's that love that he's pouring out on us that should make us want to live life pouring it back on him. Going up to people and just smiling. Or going up to people boldly and saying, you're awesome. He loves you so much. That's what determines our actions. That and nothing else. When someone cusses you out or you have a really bad day, it's his righteousness that can help you stand up in strength and peace and love and mercy. When someone tells you you're not good enough, it's his righteousness that says you were worth dying for. That should determine your actions. A house can only go, we've, we've drawn this before, Remember when Pastor Brian illustrated the foundation and he talked about the house can only go as far and as high as the foundation will support. You can't have a foundation this small and try to build a house this big. It's going to topple. You can't have a foundation this small and a house or a skyscraper. There's not the support. The righteousness of Christ... That's our foundation for life. Because when we know our righteousness through him, <laughs> everything else mounts upon that. The grace, the mercy, the healing, the love, the deliverance, everything, that's in our house. And the foundation can support it because we know what our foundation is. This is the problem with the church now is we don't know, we don't, we don't have our foundation in righteousness. We think we have to pray a certain way to get relieved of, you know, a limp or the sniffles. We think we have to do something to be blessed financially. 
we think we have to do still to lose weight, to have relationships restored. And the whole time God is saying, look, my righteousness has done all this. Just believe it. Just let that be your foundation. Instantly, before you walk out of here today, your foundation for life can be complete. Your house can go far, your house can go wide when we are relying on the foundation of God instead of the junk of this world. And as I was thinking on that, I kind of laughed at God. He's like, if you build it, they'll come. I'm like, you've been watching movies, huh? He's already built it. It's already done. When Jesus went out and the five, you know, 5,000 men came to him, there was women and children. I mean, you got thousands upon thousands of people coming to Jesus. Why did they come to him? They didn't know he was the son of God. They knew he was a carpenter's son. So what made him different? He wasn't immune to sickness. He could have taken on sickness if he'd allowed it. He could have been tempted in the desert had he allowed it. He could have walked away from his calling had he allowed it. In the garden, he says, Lord, if there's any other way, let this pass before me. I don't want to do this. Jesus was just like you and I. What was the difference? You're the son and daughter of, Christ, of God. That's not different. The only thing that made Jesus different is that he knew who he was. He knew, I'm righteous. He knew that when Satan came and tried to tell him, oh, don't you have a headache? No. No. Go bother somebody else. I'm righteous. Aren't you hungry? No. No. Go find somebody else. I'm righteous. You're just a carpenter's son. You can't really preach to all these people. You're not good enough. I mean, it's a carpenter. <laughs> That's great. Appreciate that. I'm righteous. That's the only difference between you and Jesus. And you can change that today. You can say, you know what? All I have to do is believe. Even I can do that. I can choose to believe what Diddy says. So here's my question. Will you? Now's your moment to decide, before I walk out of here today, will I let my foundation be built? It's a momentary decision, but a lifetime of foundation. And you don't have to believe for, you know, three months and 16 days before the inspector says the foundation's good. You just believe today, and you walk out of here righteous. God says it's yours, and you can have it because he loves you, because it's who you are, and because the world desperately needs you to know who you are. The church doesn't know that. 
Brian called me today, and he was telling about a dream he had. And in the dream, he saw a guy, and he went up to him and he held out his hand, and the guy was like looking at him funny, and Brian kept his hand out, and so the guy like found a sucker or something and handed it to Brian, and Brian's like, did you think I wanted something from you? He's like, I just wanted to say hey. I just wanted to love on you. And he was telling me that, and I was like, immediately, I was like, well, of course, because that's the way the world sees the church. How many churches have you heard go around and try to, you know, get a discount because they're a church? Or they want handouts because, well, we're preaching the, go- the gospel of Jesus. Don't you want to give us something? Don't you want to cut our bill in half? That's not who the church is called to be. We're to be relying on the righteousness of God as our source. When we go up to someone and we shake their hand, they should be looking for us to be putting something in theirs. This is who the church is called to be because we know who we are, because we know we are righteous, so we're not relying on the things of this world. We're relying on the righteousness of God. When we build a house, it gets approved. When we need you know, the finances to build a bigger church, it's there. Doesn't make sense how it's there. We don't know how it's there. It's there. When we get a false diagnosis, no, I think you need to run that scan again. And suddenly it's clear. Instead of us holding our hands out to receive because we don't know who we are, it's time that we hold our hands out to pour out the abundance and the overflow because we know who we are. Because we're not relying on stuff that we do. We're not relying on the world. We're relying right here on the love and the righteousness of God. It's time that we change the world because we know without a shadow of a doubt, we know that we know that God loves us. And because he loves us, we're able to love like he loves. We're able to love him. We're able to love the world because we are so slap full of his love. It's running out of our ears. It's running out of our fingertips because there's nothing we can do to get away from the love and the righteousness of God that we just got to pour it out onto this world. This is who you are. You're better than any superhero that could possibly exist. Because you've got the righteousness and the love of God that makes you all powerful. Because as we keep our eyes on him and his love, there's nothing he won't do for us. There's nothing we can't do through him. That's who you are today. So will you receive it? Will you believe it? Bow your heads. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your love. We thank you that you love us so much that no matter what we've done right and no matter what we've done wrong, you've made us righteous. You've set us in good standing. You've canceled the debt, wiped away anything wrong, and we are now just seen as your children. 
your perfect baby. Lord, your word tells us that all we have to do is believe. Say this with me. Live stream, say this. Father, I believe. Your word tells us as we believe, we are righteous. I believe. I am righteous. In Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you for your love. We thank you that it is never ending, never failing, unwavering, unchangeable, undiminishable. It is constant, as is your righteousness within us. So, Lord, I thank you that we walk out of here today with your foundation of righteousness. I thank you, Lord, that we will never be the same again because we will walk in your strength. We will walk in your righteousness. We will walk in your abundant love. And we will pour it out on you by pouring it out on this world. Lord, put people in our path that we can love on, be it at the grocery store, the gas station, the jobs, our own house, our family. Lord, put people in our path that we can just love on. Help us to remember, Lord, that there's nothing they need to do. They just believe. They just receive. Help us to remember, Lord, as we're going through the day, there's nothing we need to do that you have already made us righteous. We are already good enough. Lord, I thank you for that. I thank you for your love. I thank you for your grace and your mercy. But Lord, I thank you for that foundation of righteousness that is in our lives, that foundation of righteousness that is the power to fuel everything else that you have called us to be. And I thank you, Lord, for the wisdom to stand on that foundation in every area of our lives. And I thank you, Lord, that we will pull other people onto our foundation until they, theirs is solid, until they know who they are. We will love them with your love. We will see them with your eyes. We will hold them with your arms. And we will speak only your love to them because they are righteous in you. And we praise you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy Be Righteous Day. Have a good night.